0: What's the worst injury that you've ever sustained when praying? If you're wondering how in the world would you ever get injured while praying, I'm here to tell you it can happen. I'll explain what I mean coming up next.
1: Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Ray.
0: Well, here we are once again on a Friday. Thanks for joining us here on this episode of the Inner Life. uh, Quickly, here, if you missed the show yesterday, I shared towards the end of the hour that today is my last day here as the regular host of the Inner Life. I'm not going to be leaving Relevant Radio. I've actually been asked to step into a leadership role to oversee our entire programming department here, but. Taking that on, it means I won't have the time in my day to host uh, a regular daily show here. So Patrick Conley, maybe you've heard him in the past. He's been a regular fill-in for me when I've been away on vacation or needed to take a day off. He is going to be taking over as the full-time host of The Inner Life starting this upcoming Monday, March 13th. And Patrick is wonderful. He is Uh, very, very smart person, and he's done just an excellent job when I've been away and I can't think of a better person to take over things here for the inner life. And so I will miss having this opportunity to talk with you every day, but I'm sure you'll still hear me on Relevant Radio from time to time. You can't quite get rid of me, I guess, but (laughs) if you would, please keep me in your prayers as I move into this new role here at Relevant Radio, if I can ask that of you. And, of course, please pray for Patrick. I'm sure he will appreciate your prayers as well as he begins his time as the new host of The Inner Life starting here on Monday. So getting back to my original question now, the worst injury that you've ever sustained when praying? And I know that might sound like an odd question, but here's the thing. If you, as a parent, if you have young children, and you've tried to pray every day together as a family, at some point, I think it's almost a certainty, at least one child will just refuse to sit still during prayers. They're going to be fidgeting. They're going to be moving around. And eventually, they're going to do something to hurt themselves. And this happened two different times with two of my children. Once with my daughter, Kana. She was maybe around two years old, didn't want to sit still during prayers. And that's understandable. Two years old, right? Kena, she was climbing all over this big chair in our family room as we were praying a rosary. My wife kept on trying to have her sit back down, but she wouldn't do it. And she was up on the arm of this chair and eventually lost her balance, fell off the chair between the chair and the wall and scratched up her back. And between the screaming and then a little bit of blood that we saw there, well, that cut our rosary a little shorter than we had originally planned. It was a quick sign of the cross as we deal with, you know, what's happening. The other instance was my son Elijah. I think he was probably about eight or nine years old at the time, and right before we started to pray as a family, and I I mean right before. We were maybe within about 30 seconds of making the opening sign of the cross He'd been playing on a chair, same room, same family room, different chair though, and he lost his balance, and he just face-planted, and that was the first thing that hit the floor, his face, and he came away with a bloody nose. Uh, We did still pray, but it definitely postponed things. Kana, she's a freshman in high school now. Elijah is a junior in high school. Thankfully, both of them uh, very regularly sit calmly now when we pray together as a family in the evenings. So moving away from injuries when you pray, how about the most memorable time when you prayed with your family? Maybe when you saw those, those prayers that were answered quickly, maybe even right away. And I have one time that stands out to me more than any other. This was a little over three years ago when our youngest son, Joseph, he needed surgery uh, right after being born. And he went into surgery. This was an early Sunday morning. He was only uh, about 24 hours old. And the doctor said that the operation that he needed, it normally took about four hours. I had stayed home with our other children while my wife, Belen, she went to the children's hospital with Joseph, and she sent me a text right when they took him into surgery. Now, I had taken all the kids to the vigil mass the night before because we had this big snowstorm that, was expecting, uh, that we were expecting, so I let everybody sleep in. I got that text, and I just prayed a rosary on my own right away as the surgery began. Then I started waking up our kids. We went out, we did the shoveling, the clearing the snow from our driveway, from the sidewalk in front of our house. We came inside, we made hot chocolate, got a little warmed up, and everybody sat down with their hot cocoa around the kitchen table to be able to pray as a family for Joseph's surgery. Now, I said, remember, it's about a four-hour operation that they expected. Right here at this point, when we were sitting down to pray, it was about an hour and a half into the surgery. We started to pray that opening apostles' creed. And before we even finished the creed, my phone dinged with a text from Bayland that Joseph was already out of surgery, less than half the time that they expected for that surgery. So then I said, well, okay, now instead of asking for the surgery to go, well, now we're turning this into a prayer of thanksgiving. I don't know if I've ever had a prayer answered so quickly. And there's something very special and I think extremely powerful, about being able to pray together as a family. Well, today on The Inner Life, we want to spend this hour talking about how we can pray together as a family. And while I've been talking about my own family, which is kind of that typical image, right? The parents and the children. Of course, we know that families come in all varieties. There's uh, homes, families, with children but also without children. There's single-parent homes, that's the kind of house I grew up in. Uh, There are adult children that are caring for their elderly parents, all kinds of other unique situations. But regardless of the shape or the size of your family, we'd love to hear how you've been able to pray together, how that's strengthened your family, and of course how that's helped you, not just individually but as a family, grow closer in relationship with God. I hope you'll call in and share how that's worked in your family, and maybe some of the ways that you've been able to do that, you know, in different stages of maybe the way that your kids have grown up, things you did when they were younger, when they grew older, uh, some of the things that maybe you do that if they're out of the house now, maybe how you've engaged even grandchildren, or like I say, if you have. A uh, parent that has now moved in with you, and you've kind of modified that family setting, that how it looks, how that, that works in your family now. The phone number to call in is 888 914 9149. And our spiritual director for the hour is Father Dave Heaney. I'm very glad to welcome Father Dave back. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. He's the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And his latest book is called Luke 10 Leadership How to Succeed in Parish Ministry. And Father, if somebody wants your book, what's the best way to get that? Simply on uh,
2: Amazon, Amazon.com. Just uh, put my name in, Father Dave Heaney. Actually, I have a number of books on Amazon. Oh, but that,
0: good. That yeah, good. little, uh, very, very little-known website, but uh, I think it's gonna. <laughs> I think it's gonna make it, Father. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good. Uh, well, yeah. So uh, that and so many other books. I'm glad to hear that people can access that and be able to. Uh, uh, get more insights from you. Well, it's it's good to have you back here for the hour. I always enjoy talking with you, so thanks for taking time to be with us here today, Father.
2: Uh, Josh, I'm honored to be with you on your final program, and uh, my compliments to you, my congratulations to you. It's a great compliment to your talents that you're Uh, rising in the company and have a greater uh, administrative role, I think you'll do great. You're a great leader, and I'm just very glad to be with you today, and also really looking forward to hearing stories from our listeners about family prayer.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I really am, too. And, you know, maybe we can kind of start out. I'd be curious to hear kind of what your experience was with prayer in your family. You know, a lot of times here on The Inner Life, we talk about that individual time of prayer, what we do on our own. But what was your experience with family prayer time growing up?
2: It was very simple. Uh, my father was a scientist. Uh, my mother was a very uh, uh, high-quality uh, executive secretary-type person. Uh, so prayer for us was, was not very devotional, but it was very simple and clear. And it was, we had grace at every meal. We always said grace before uh, you know breakfast, lunch, and dinner if we were all together— uh, the, the big thing I remember was night prayer. Uh, I just had myself and my twin brother, and my, my parents would come up, and they would sit on our bed, and they would just say, um, you know, let us pray. And then and then I would, you know, start praying about things, and they would just listen. So I just love that image of them listening to me uh, talk to God. And then they would throw in some uh, some intentions as well. Uh, that So that's kind of my big memory, was grace kind of, you know, I grew up in the 50s, so it was a little bit more kind of institutional prayer. Uh, so grace before meals and and, uh, and night prayer. Um, mm.
0: with, uh, I, I, I really like that though, because that's such a it's such a basic way to start. and you know I, I guess one of the other things I might throw out there, one thing that a lot of times we don't think about maybe as family prayer, but it's going to Mass. Of course, you know, that's the highest form of prayer that we have. So, you know, that that also can be included as we're talking about family prayer, but at least in the home itself, being able to pray before meals, being able to have that simple time there before bed in the evening and pray together. Sometimes we might feel like, oh, you know, I need to do so much and this needs to take a lot of time, but just doing some basic times there can make such a big difference. And, I mean, you know, look at you. It opened you up to hearing God's call for a vocation.
2: And from an early age, too. Um, you know, I think uh, one thing we, did, we didn't we did have in our house was sacred images on the walls, uh, you know, paintings or icons. And when I've ever visited parishioner homes and I see that, I can really see how powerful that is because it's a visual reminder as you're walking on the hallway or in your bedroom, uh, kind of a visual reminder of your faith, and if that, and I always recommend that every time that you walk by an icon or a picture or a statue, that you just say a 10-second prayer. Saint Francis, help me today. Mother Mary, be with me. You know, Jesus, I love you. I trust in you. Uh, if it's the Divine Mercy, I think anything like that is is very powerful. And then I think teaching young people to do that, so that. Uh, their faith and prayer becomes kind of something that happens all day long, and that it's not reserved just to kind of those formal things of grace before meals or night prayer, but it's something that's integrated throughout the day, and it's spontaneous. It just happens to be when you're walking down the hallway and you see that picture, and you just have that, that little phrase uh, through the intercession of St. Francis, uh, Jesus, I love you, something like that I think is really powerful, really effective, and very simple.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, another thing I remember, a a good uh, friend of our family, um, this family that was really kind of an example for us when we were first starting out, it was right when I was coming into the church, and in fact, uh, this couple, um, they are godparents to our oldest daughter, and they just, you know, whenever there'd be an emergency vehicle going by. I remember them just stopping with all the mm. kids. Hey, let's just say a, pr- a Hail Mary right now. Say, same sort of thing that you're talking about, but just little moments kind of peppered through the day as it, you know, as the occasion called for it, as they had the opportunity. And, and I love that too, because it wasn't just a, okay, here's, here's the prayer time and it's siloed off, but it right. was something that was carried out throughout life as it made sense to bring it into life
2: absolutely integrating it throughout the day so it's not just you know religion is something that we do on Sunday and then that's and we leave it there it's something that happens all during the week all during the day and and I love the spontaneity I, I that's a great example of the ambulance going by or the fire truck going by and just and then what it does is it just kind of trains young people to be alert to what's going on around them and to you know include you know what's what's going on around them in their prayer to offer up that, that ambulance ride uh, to our Lord. And it's a, it's a great uh, teaching of compassion.
0: Uh, right, yeah, love, love your neighbor. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Uh, again, I want to throw out the phone number here. What are some of the things you've done in your own family? How have you been able to not only maintain those regular times of prayer, but introduce some of those little moments where you can pray together as a family? If your kids are grown and out of the house... Were there different ways that you approached prayer as a family for their different ages? And what are some of the ways that maybe you've been able to encourage your children to continue to pray daily as they grow, as they move on into adulthood, as they begin their own families? Our phone number here into the studio is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Maybe you've been trying to pray as a family, especially during this Lenten season, and you've been having a difficult time making it happen. Uh, Maybe you've got kids who are, you know, in those adolescent years, and they're a bit resistant, and you'd like some advice from Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director. That's why Father Dave is here, to speak with you, 888-914-9149. Our email address is at innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Uh, Father, let's talk about the, the family itself, that unit, because I mentioned at the beginning of the show, families, they come in all different shapes, all different sizes. And, you know, while there might be kind of that ideal image of mother, father, child, or children, um, we have that, uh, that that you know, that gives us some basic insight into the nature of God. And, and I think that's maybe one of the most important things we can keep in mind when we talk about that ideal image. But why is why is the family that, that kind of basic unit of society that the church upholds, saying this is this is of such concrete importance. It is of major importance.
2: Uh, your identity comes from your from your family. Your name comes from your family. You were born into a family. Uh, you know, your first experience of the world comes through the family. Uh, and you're right that there's many different uh, frameworks of family now, many different uh, structures. But there's one thing that's common among, that really kind of makes a family. If this Every family, no matter how it's structured, should always have this feature. And that is, be, despite the different ages, despite the different genders, despite the different personalities, you have to understand that, you know, that the family is on your side, uh, that they have your back. I, I remember... Uh, Robert Frost, one of the most famous American poets from years ago, uh, said that um, family uh, family is that when you show up at the house and ring the doorbell, they have to let you in <laughs> because you know you're family, and so it's just kind of this kind of unwritten contract that these are people that have your blood, these are people who are your relatives, and that you are you are for them. How can I help you? So. You know, young people helping brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters helping parents, parents helping children, in-laws coming involved. So everybody is kind of, how can I help you have a better life? That's the number one feature of a family. And some families do it better than others. Some families struggle with it, of course, but that's the goal. The goal is that we have this collection of people that are all over the place, different ages, different genders, different preferences, different personalities. They all have the same family name uh, and or the same address. And so the idea is that we are for each other. Um, and it just kind of parallels the, the words of the consecration that I like to bring up so often. This is my body and, by, and my blood given for your happiness. So when everybody in the family uh, is not a taker, but everyone in the family can, be, can learn how to be a giver, and how can I use my life, my talents, and ability, abilities to... Help my child, or to help my mom, to help my dad, to help my uncle, um, even to help myself. All of those things are the features that uh, that make a family that that we believe God designed uh, for our spiritual and and mental health.
0: Our spiritual director is Father Dave Heaney today here on the inner life. He's the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California, and talking about how we pray as a family, and we'd love to hear your experience. What are some of the ways that you have been able to pray with your family to uh, maybe uh, engage your children a little bit more? You know, even if they're out of the house, what are things you did while they were growing up? Maybe you've been able to do that with grandchildren. Maybe you have an elderly parent who has moved in with you. How have you been able to adapt in those different? situations in your family life, as your family has changed, as it's evolved, but still be able to keep that time of praying together? And how has that strengthened you in your own life? In your own relationship with God, but then also as a group, your family's relationship with Christ. 888 914 9149 is the phone number to call in. 888 914 9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We need to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with Father Dave, and we'll take your phone calls coming up next here as well on The Inner Life. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Are you battling an addiction? Our sponsor, St. Gregory Recovery Center, can help you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com/gregory. That's relevantradio.com/gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And yes, it is. uh, I, I am saying goodbye. Uh, I'm Josh Raymond, along with Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director, and um, if you didn't hear at the beginning of the hour, today is my last day hosting. I'm going to be moving, actually, into a role to help oversee programming here at Relevant Radio. Patrick Conley will be the new host of The Inner Life starting this upcoming Monday, and uh, he's going to do a wonderful job. If you are a regular listener, you've already heard him on the air at different points, filling in as a guest host here, and he is he's going to do just an absolutely fantastic job stepping in and carrying on with this program, which was originally hosted by Chuck Neff, so he'll be host number three. I'm excited for him, and please keep him in your prayers. Please say a prayer for me, too, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, Talking today about how we can pray as families and how we are able to make that time to pray as a family, beneficial. Some of the different ways that we've been able to accomplish that and sometimes it's a bit of a struggle. Other times <laughs> it, it seems to come together. What has been your experience with that? What are some of the strategies? What are some of the things you've done in your family life to come together and, and especially get your kids engaged, interested in praying? Uh, we'd love to hear your story. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, uh, let's go to Nancy listening in Stewart, Florida. Hi, Nancy. Glad to have you on The Inner Life. Welcome to the program.
3: Thank you so much. I'm a mother of six sons, and I just wanted to encourage younger moms to, uh, we have everything we need in the church, but basically praying the rosary is just the greatest gift. And we know, of course, it's our weapon, but I'd say from the womb, we, we didn't care what time it was. That was a priority, praying the rosary. And we would allow the kids to play with their Legos or color um, while we were praying. And it was just a great, fun family time. And even to this day, time to pray the rosary, you know, and they continued the tradition and um, as they woke up in the morning, it was a habit to say, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Mary. We put on the armor of God. We did spiritual warfare. We prayed to St. Michael and we read from the word of God every single morning um, before they went out the door, just everything they did, offering it up to Jesus and Mary for the conversion of sinners, Um, being in the habit of praying for everything, their studies, the, the, kids in the classroom, um, just every situation. Um, music was such an important part of growing up. We never allowed worldly music in the house. We just played Christian music and classical music and that helped form them. So while they were doing their chores, we always had on Toby Mac or just some great Christian music. Um, and just had just, Praying they would be, we have the saints, solid Catholic men, um, the examples, reading the saints of the day. Um, So just everything, pointing to a personal relationship with Jesus and Mary, saying, you know, you're called to be leaders, not followers, helping them own their faith, you know, being discerning what's right and what's wrong. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What's going to please the Lord today? And just everything, breathing. We in him we live and move and have our being. And and they they all love God. Our fifth one is going to be mm-hmm. a priest. And I just mm. give Jesus, wow. and Mary, all yeah. the glory. But well, he, we've he, said, would you change anything that we've how we've raised you? And and no, they were very thankful. You know, Sirach talks about the disciplining of sons. Yeah. A cult untamed turns out stubborn. A son left to himself grows him grows up unruly, give him not his way in his youth. And, but so training them in the fear of the Lord, the way of the Lord, with a lot of fun and a lot of, lot of love.
0: Oh, that's beautiful, Nancy. Father, I, I love that call from, from Nancy.
2: <laughs> I think Nancy should be the spiritual director on the program now. Yeah, I mean, right. she really, that's an outstanding uh, family leadership role that she's taken. But let's, let's take a look at some of the things that she's mentioned. First of all, she made prayer something enjoyable, um, you know, she used the word fun. The kids could color if they want. Uh, but to make it enjoyable uh, actually is going to be attractive to young people. And, uh, beautiful, you know, she has six sons. I mean, how, how amazing is that? But always to have before them, as she said, always putting forth to for them very strong male saints as examples. That's brilliant. That's a really good idea. But there's something else she said that I've found is happening now in our school, uh, she talked about having music in the, in the house all the time and always very good uh, Catholic music or religious music going on. When you have that kind of music in the background, <clears throat> it has a very slow, positive effect uh, just by kind of creating a mood. Uh, mu- music is very powerful. And something I've noticed that's happening in schools, we have a public school across the street. We have our large Catholic school right here. And both schools have started doing the same thing, which is during recess, they play music. So I can hear what the public school is playing, and I can hear what our Catholic school is playing. It's always upbeat music, happy music. You know, it gets kids moving, it gets kids—and it just creates a happy atmosphere, just to recognize just how powerful music is. So I think that's something that we, we can add. We you can talk about having statues and icons around the house, these various uh, practices of prayer that Nancy talked about, the rosary— um, you know, starting the day with uh, dedicating the, the day to our Lord, you know, kind of having the sense of being strong and confident as you go out. You know, young boys love that kind of idea. Uh, but I think adding music is something I hadn't thought of, but I, I see how its impact from our school, I think, can make a big difference in families, too. Just to have, you know, good Catholic music uh, just playing in the house all the time. I think it just creates a beautiful, beautiful mood.
0: You know, I I might even go a step further and say even incorporating music into what you are praying, um, you know, is is another way, especially with younger kids, to really kind of engage them. Uh, We've done that many times, you know, where maybe we'll get to the end of praying a rosary, and that last Hail Mary, we'll sing it, or we'll Mm -hmm. sing a decade of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy— um, different things like that that we bring in and uh, like I say especially the younger kids they absolutely just seem to latch on to that um, if we pray you know uh, at, at the end of our prayers if we do any sort of a litany of different saints that people want to ask for their intercession it'll just be a simple you know uh, Saint Matthew pray for us and mm. all the kids get to you know go around and they get to sing whatever saint or saints plural that they want to incorporate into that uh, they love it um, so so yeah, not only just having the music that's playing there as a positive background, but actually bringing music into your prayers, I think, can also be a very powerful uh, experience. I, I forget, is it Saint Augustine who maybe said, "When you sing, it's like praying twice."
2: That's exactly right, and you know, it's beautiful. A custom to have people usually ask me not to sing because my voice is so bad; it's distracting.
0: <laughs> uh, but if, right, but if, I, <laughs> I guess know your strengths there, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs>
2: right. Know yourself, but um, uh, I think uh, Nancy brings up a really beautiful idea, and then that you have incorporated in your family too, Josh, by just bringing in some music, some singing. Uh, it's just it, it connects more of emotions. It connects you more physically, in a sense, bodily to the prayer because you're bringing in your voice to it in a beautiful way. It's a very, very powerful. I'm glad, I'm glad we heard that idea this morning.
0: Another thing that I'll also recommend, and uh, I have no connection with them, but it's just a resource that has worked well for our younger children that my wife came across. It's just these little rosary books, and uh, it's called A Little Catholic's First Rosary Book, and there's four of them, one for each of the different mysteries. It's published by Holy Heroes. It's been a a wonderful way for our kids to be able to kind of uh, look at an age appropriate, you know, especially for maybe like a four, five, six, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, maybe up to that point, uh, you know, what the different mysteries are. It tells them a little bit of what those different uh, mysteries that we're reflecting on, what the story in the Bible or what, you know, the church teaches on that. So that's another great resource. Uh, Our phone number, if you'd like to call in and share your story, how have you been able to successfully incorporate and maintain those regular times of prayer in your family. Even if your kids are grown up, what are some of the ways that you've you did that when they were in the house or maybe you're even starting to do that with your grandchildren? is the phone number to call in and share. Maybe you're trying to get your kids engaged in prayer, and you don't seem to be having any success, and you're looking for some advice, some insight from Father Dave, you can call in and speak with him, 888-914-9149. And Father Maria is calling in from San Pedro, California. Hi, Maria. Welcome to The Inner Life.
4: Good morning. Uh, We're going to miss you, but I'm so glad you'll still be with Relevant Radio, and I'm so thrilled that you have as your final guest, Father Dave Heaney. I always enjoy listening to him. Um, I've been doing the rosary via Zoom since COVID started, so that's about three years with some of my church friends. Uh, Most of us are mothers, grandmothers, so we have a lot of things in common. Uh, When we first started, we strictly just said the rosary. Then as time went on, we started um, talking about petitions and prayers and answered prayers and about our families and how we can help each other. So it's been very therapeutic. And now recently my grandson, who's in third grade, has said he wanted to join the Zoom because Zoom is technology and kids are like, oh, I want to be the host. Or And then he started sharing, doing a mystery with me. Now he's like, Grandma, can I do the whole mystery? And he's been reading from my book, but I'm glad I'm going to look up The Holy Heroes. The other thing, I have a bottle of holy water in my car. So before they get out of school in the morning, I drop them off as a grandmother. I'm blessed to do that. We bless ourselves, and little by little, they start praying a little bit more besides just for things. They're praying for other people. So it's been a blessing um, to be able to share my faith and then share about saints. Um, My grandson said, nobody levitates. And I said, yes, they do. (laughs) Father (laughs) Joseph Cupertino. Uh, So I showed him a video of him. So... It's been um, you got to be creative, and I like the last caller how she said, "Let them play or color while they're doing the rosary." So at least they're hearing things. So, and everybody knows me. Oh, you're the one that does the rosary every day. I'm like, yes, I am. Uh-huh. So thank you for letting me share.
2: Thank you, Maria, and uh, you know, just as the the last caller, you know, kind of allowed the kids to be kids coloring during the rosary. Uh, I love how you've done the same with your third grader. He wants to be the host on the Zoom call, and you let him do that. So you're kind of encouraging leadership. You're, you know, kind of responding to his desire to lead. And I'm sure that he'll remember that for a long time, that Grandma let me do that. And uh, he'll have a great, beautiful memory of that. So uh, you're doing a great job as a grandmother with your grandchildren. And, you know, you have this reputation now in the community as the rosary person. That's a beautiful thing, and that you own up to that in a in a great way. So C- continue
0: on. Congratulations. And, um, and I'm sure your third grader is also very, very grateful. Uh, you know, Father, as Maria was sharing too, letting her grandson be able to kind of take the reins there with the Zoom, um, making it something that is fun and enjoyable rather than just, okay, it's time to pray. We'll do the other fun stuff later. Uh, you know, making the fact that, okay, praying is associated with fun, with enjoyment, I think is is really key for a family too. I think about, especially Advent is, I think, a, a perfect time to do this. Um, most families will have some sort of Advent calendar. We've done this in our house where it's, it's just standard practice. We say our evening rosary, our evening prayers, and right after, that's the time everybody gets that special little candy, the Advent calendar candy, you know, right, oh, right. after prayers. So it makes it, you know, you're associating it with this is a fun time to celebrate and, and just enjoy being together, praying together, and we all get this little treat afterwards.
2: Yeah, right. We don't want to make it a grim sense of duty, uh, but, you know, really, this is, this is an enjoyable time speaking to our Father who loves us all. To kind of always put it in that kind of uh, positive energy, that positive sense of, you know, we are in the family of God. And this is the God, our Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit that love each of us so much. And this is a time just to spend some time talking with him, either in the formal prayer of the rosary or spontaneously or singing. Uh, all those ways are just uh, incorporate and just make, make the faith integrated throughout the
0: day in a beautiful way. Our phone number, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Dave Heaney, 888-914-9149. As we're talking about praying as a family, what are some of the ways you've been able to do that in your own home? Uh, Whether you're uh, just starting out with your family, what are some of the things you're doing? Maybe your kids are grown, they're out of the house. Maybe like Maria, you're starting to have that time to pray with even your grandchildren. How have you been able to encourage your children as they've grown to continue that daily prayer as they move on into adulthood, as they start their own families. Maybe you're in the midst of trying to get your children to be enthusiastic, to be engaged in praying together as a family, and it's been Difficult. It's been a real struggle, and you're looking for some advice. You can call and speak with Father Dave, 888 914 9149. 914 9149. Our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Need to take one more quick break, but we're going to be right back. More with Father Dave, more of your phone calls, more on praying as a family here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center. <laughs> helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life information at relevantradio.com/gregory that's relevantradio.com/gregory This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for tuning in and joining us here, speaking with Father Dave Heaney as our spiritual director today, producing the program, Nick Sentevich, screening calls, Thomas N. Gesser, um, got a great team here working, and you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Dave, as today we're talking about praying as a family. The phone number in the, the studio is 888-914-9149, 914 9149. Uh, Father, let's talk about a family setting where maybe they're, uh, you you know, I'm I'm the person who has come back to my faith. I was away, I started my family, really didn't teach them anything about the Catholic faith when my kids were young, and I feel like, oh, have I missed an opportunity here? Uh, I want to try and make up a little of the lost ground, maybe. How do I try and incorporate prayer into my family when, you know, I've had that, that conversion or that reversion, I've come back to the faith, but the rest of my family just isn't there?
2: You know, that's a great question. I run across this quite a bit. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm always happy to welcome someone. I'm so glad that you found your faith again. But remember, your family is on a different path. And I'm glad this happened to you now, but just have some understanding <clears throat> for your family that they haven't had that experience yet. So you want to be careful about this idea of making up for last time, lost time, of kind of shoehorning in faith into, uh, into a family that hasn't had it in a while, you can also come across as as inauthentic they can say well you weren't this way last year right <laughs> sure, you know? sure uh so well, you know why do we have to suffer for it now because of because of the changes that you made so i understand the intuition i understand the desire you have found happiness in our faith you want this happiness for your family too but you can you can uh, make it worse by kind of shoehorning it in or forcing it on them uh, when they're not ready so what i would say is the number one whenever you're dealing with someone about faith issues the number one skill that you have to have is listening. And listening to where this person is coming from, instead of just kind of imposing the faith on them. In fact, my book on Luke 10 leadership, you know, takes those lessons from the 10th chapter of Luke, where Jesus says, you know, eat what they set before you, which means listen to these people, what makes them tick, what what feeds them. Spend some time learning from them first, who they are, before you announce the kingdom of God. So uh, I'm so happy when someone comes back to the faith. Uh, nourish it. Keep it going for yourself. And then when it comes to um, kind of bringing it to your family, you have to do it with a lot of respect and not force it and not shoehorn it in on people who are who haven't had the conversion experience that you've had yet.
0: Yeah, and, and I would specifically, you know, asking you about children, but there's also then the issue of spouses there too. You know, if there's a non-Catholic spouse— and, you know, maybe they don't have a problem. You, sure, you can take the kids to Mass. You guys can pray. Uh, I'm not interested. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, sometimes it could even be that the non-Catholic spouse could be even hostile to the faith. But when there's that spiritual disunity in the family, um, you know, not, not only giving them time, but what are your thoughts on somebody who is in that situation where, okay, I—, I you know, it's not its not a matter of my spouse even used to be Catholic. They're just not Catholic, and I right. don't know if they ever will be.
2: So if you have two parents that are, that have different attitudes towards faith, one is practicing, loves the faith, likes to go to Mass, and the other one is not, not or even hostile, remember that your children are going to look at you now very carefully to see what is your reaction. How do you respond? If you respond in hateful ways, then— they'll look at you and say, well, what has religion done for you? It's made you kind of a hateful person. Uh, So how you respond to your spouse who's not faithful is very important because it will send a very strong message to your kids about what is the role of faith in someone's life? Does it make them more understanding? Does it make them more kind? Does it make them more uh, lovable and loving? So what I would say, like something you could say is, uh, you know, Uh, your father doesn't want to go to church with us, that's fine. He's on his own journey with God. We hope that God will will inspire him sometime soon. But we're going to go to church ourselves because we have the faith. So you never cast aspersions. You never cast negative comments on the spouse. You just say they're in the hands of God. We hope that God will inspire them sometime soon. We will pray for them, and we love them, uh, and, and just kind of leave it at that, and not Not create any kind of division between the parents because of the
0: lack of religious practice. Our phone number here into the studio to talk with Father Dave Heaney, 888 914 9149. And Father Matthew is listening in Freeport, Maine. Hi, Matthew. You're on the air with Father Dave Heaney.
1: Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I just uh, was a Calling in with a question about p- the topic, pretty much that you're you're on today. I we have a child in the family that's uh, 10 that um, is having some questions with uh, his um, uh, gender identity, mm-hmm. which seems to be a pretty common thing out today in society. And as at the at home with me being uh, I, I'm a believer, I grew up Catholic, I believe in the Lord, and my spouse. I would say it's kind of right on the topic that you just mentioned, kind of on the fence. Um, so it's kind of a, a little bit of a conflict situation, and I'm not sure how to pray for and put the leadership in front of someone that's so young in yeah. this day and age that's, uh, with so much information that's out there at such a young age that they have access to that's steering them away from the Lord. I'm trying to figure out you know, a way to pray for them to guide them toward Him.
2: Thank you, Father Matthew. I'm glad you asked that question. You know, uh, this issue of of gender dysphoria or feeling, you know, kind of a different uh, gender from your biological sex is so rampant in social media and so rampant in the culture today, it's virtually become hip. I mean, it's almost like a cool thing to be able to tell your classmates that you're not the same as your biological sex. It's a really unfortunate cultural thing that's happening right now. But I would just one thing I would I would say to your child is to distinguish between how the person feels and who they are. It's one thing to be a boy who feels very feminine, that can happen, or to be a girl that kind of feels more masculine, that can happen. Uh, but it's a different thing by saying that I am somebody else now, that I was born a boy, but I am now a girl. So I would just distinguish between feelings, which I never like to step on. People are welcome to their feelings. You're welcome, you know, if you're a boy and you kind of feel more like a girl, totally understand that. Uh, we can talk about that. But we don't, we never want to cross over by saying that now you are uh, a different bio, biological sex. So I think that helps put their feelings in context, it helps put their feelings in perspective. They have a place to understand their feelings and that feelings do not make biological changes. Feelings cannot change the physical nature of a person. Um, and so they, so we're not negating their feelings or stepping on them, but we're just putting them in a context that hopefully will uh, make, make it more understandable. I hope that helps, Father. Yeah, uh, you know,
0: one of the other things—I I remember hearing this uh, spoken about years ago, and I thought it was such a good kind of explanation of a lot of times when we look at gender dysphoria— mm-hmm. um, we 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 want to validate the person and you know not make them feel like they aren't being heard but if we look at a different situation where somebody you know what the physical reality is doesn't match up with what they're feeling that that's you know, it's it's not something where the person should be shamed or beaten up because of it. And a great example of this is people who struggle with eating disorders. You know, right. because when they look in the mirror, even though they might be extremely thin from, you know, having binged ch- and purged or from from starving themselves, you know, in anorexia, they still look in the mirror and they do, they see a distorted version of themselves. They don't see what is reality and that's how they feel you know they might be rail thin but they feel that they look enormous they look fat and so they're not able to see truly what the reality is there you know it's it it has been warped in their mind that doesn't mean that their feelings are invalid it just means that they're pointing them in the wrong direction and that's okay let's try and get a, a realistic outlook on what we actually are seeing in the mirror, you know? And so I I always thought that was such a helpful illustration for me. I hope that also helps, Matthew, you know, that it's okay that those feelings are there, but how we respond to those feelings, you know, we would never encourage somebody who is dealing with anorexia. Well, you feel fat, so you really shouldn't eat. You know, that would never be our approach there. We would say, let's get the right outlook on life. Uh, Father, we've just got a few minutes left here. And want to talk about maybe some of those other family structures uh, where people don't have a lot of people in the family. You know, there's especially maybe for single people, somebody who has moved out on their own, or maybe there's uh, somebody who's been widowed and they just don't have that family there every day to pray with them. Uh, What are your thoughts on somebody who can, you know, what can they do in that situation when they aren't? physically close to any family that they can still have that kind of communal prayer experience.
2: Well that's why that's why that's how I describe a parish. You know, like for instance on Thanksgiving Day, I'll say if you're having a big Thanksgiving Day with family and friends, I hope all goes well. If you are alone and by yourself, I will hope that you will consider this morning Thanksgiving mass your Thanksgiving celebration. So we want to we want to encourage them to get involved in their parish because that's the that's the praying parish family that that they hope they would get involved in. There's all kinds of different ages in parishes, all kinds of different activities, maybe not in the parish next to you, maybe the one, two parishes away. Do some research, find out where you can get involved. But that's the parish family that the church really has designed for,
0: especially for people who may be by themselves. Uh, how about a single parent, somebody who, you know, just just trying to get everything done in the day? you know, going to work, getting the kids to school, paying bills, all that other, you know, keeping the house somewhat clean. There's such an overwhelming kind of balance of all those responsibilities. And then on top of it, you're wanting to try and find that time to pray with your child or your children. Um, But boy, the day just, you know, those 24 hours go so fast. Any advice for somebody in that situation? I will bet the single
2: parent knows other single parents, Um, They tend to find each other. So you can find a support group there, you know, maybe on on a regular basis. Just have a sense of coming over to somebody's house just to kind of share some time together and share stories, maybe share some hints and, you know, best practices of how to deal with things. I will bet single parents know other single parents and if they can connect with them, they can kind of form their own prayer community, if you will.
0: That's a great great suggestion. Well, Father, we're down to about our last minute here. And before we wrap up, as always, I want to open it up for you. Would you mind offering a blessing for our listeners as we conclude today? Heavenly Father, we ask your fullest blessing
2: on all of our families. This is the place that you have called us to be. So help them grow in love for each other and to grow in love for you. And especially bless Josh in his new leadership role on Relevant Radio, We ask the fullest blessing on Patrick Conley as he starts anew as
0: well. Amen. Amen. Father Dave, thanks so much for being here for this hour, and I hope I get to talk to you again sometime in the near future. It's always great whenever we get a chance to connect, and uh, thank you for being a regular voice here on The Inner Life. I also want to thank you, the listener, um, You know, for being just a wonderful community. I, I mentioned this yesterday, but this that's the part that I really will miss the most, is the community that we have here on The Inner Life. Uh, but again, if you just joined us, if you didn't hear my announcement earlier, uh, this is my last day hosting The Inner Life. I'll be working in a management role here at Relevant Radio. Patrick Conley is going to take over starting this upcoming Monday. So if you could please keep Patrick and myself in your prayers, we appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend, and uh, tune back in for Patrick starting on Monday here on The Inner Life. And make sure you go to Mass this weekend. Of course, don't miss that.